This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good evening, family. Praise God. Are you happy to be in church tonight? Best place where you could be tonight is in church because God's got an appointment with you. Do you believe that? Amen. Who of you have been here this morning and last night? Can I see your hands? Just show me your hands. Show me. Show me, please, please, please. Have you been blessed? Amen. Praise God. I know that God's going to just do something awesome tonight with you and impart something very special in your heart. And then after that, I'm going to be ministering to people. I already sense, I feel like, you know, a bit of, uh, you know, which package must I give to which person? So I'll just flow the spirit tonight. Amen. Jesus is king, you see. You see, when Jesus is on your side, you've got a much better chance to win. Like the All Blacks had maybe, or the, the, um, the Springboks had a 37% chance to win. With Jesus Christ, you've got a 110% chance to win. Every victory, amen. Every victory is yours. Because God has already done it for us. Praise God. Let's draw near to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for this special moment, special time, which you have predestined before the foundations of the earth. Thank you for a, a moment that is enveloped in the atmosphere of eternity. Oh, Father God, will your people even experience the flapping of your angels' wings. They even experience, Father God, the ministry of angels taking place during this service. Oh, Father God, we are experiencing a service being held within the four walls of your throne room. No one is feeling excluded. Everyone knows they are included because we serve a great, great God, a God of love, a God, Father God, that's got only good plans for us. And I ask you, Father God, that every heart will be stirred by the Holy Spirit tonight. Every heart will rise up in faith and every hand will rise out. Father God, they will just stretch out to you and take everything which heaven has for them. I ask you, Father God, that you will saturate every mind, every person's heart, every person's body with your presence. I ask you, Father God, that people will not only walk in ankle deep into your Holy Spirit's water of river tonight, but they will jump in, Father God, and they will just go into the deep. And Father God, they will just take in everything you've got for them. I ask you, Father God, that you'll open up new realms in the heavenlies for us. Oh, Father God, that we will tap into the arteries of God. And Father God, we will experience the oxygen of heaven in our lives. We will we'll experience the blood flow of God in our lives. And Father God, we will bring life to every situation where there's death. And I thank you, Father God, that death will bow the knee in every situation in our lives. I take authority over all lack. I take authority over all sickness. I take authority over all division and all slander. And I thank you, Father God, that this is being wiped out right now in Jesus' name. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And the children of God said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, family. God bless you. So this morning we, we learned that we need to put on the full armor of God and there is only a front armor for, for us because we've been called to move forward. Amen. 
We haven't been called to run, turn around and run, run away because there's no backplate. There's only a breastplate. And there's only a shield. And there's only a sword. We are only dressed to move forward, not to turn around and run. God is a generous God. And when He created us, He created us in His full image and His full likeness. Jesus has given us authority over the affairs of life. We've also learned this morning that Satan wants you to believe in a lie. He wants you to believe in the opinions of others and also make you believe that the circumstances will drown you and destroy you many times in our lives and we can find ourselves in a state of depression. But I want to tell you, my brother, my sister, there's no circumstance bigger than God. There's no challenge bigger than God. And I want to talk against this depression in your life. I want to talk against this lie in your life. And I want to come against the attacks and the, the onslaughts of Satan in your life. And I cast them down in Jesus' name. God came to reveal, Jesus came to reveal the heart of God to his creation. When we see Jesus walking on the face of this, this earth, we see the heart of God. We see Jesus coming into circumstances and delivering people. We see coming, Jesus coming into circumstances and not judging people, but forgiving people, restoring people. Don't slander people, restore people. Amen. Don't talk against people. Speak life into people's life. Amen. God is a God that wants a relationship with us. God doesn't come into our life to fix us. God comes into our life to father us. There's a huge difference. So in other words, God is interested in the journey you're on with him. Just like Moses, when he, re he received the instruction from the Lord, go to land of Egypt, go and get my people out of the grip of Pharaoh. Moses initially saw this as an in instruction from the Lord, which it was, and an assignment from the Lord, which it was. But when Moses walked out of Egypt into the wilderness... And started having this awesome relationship with the Lord. And seeing God for who He is. He came to a place where the assignment was much less than the relationship. That's why he said to God, God, if you don't move with us, I'm staying right here. <laughs> you see, my brother, my sister, God is in relationship. You see, we want the breakthrough. God says, I want the journey. I want you to experience me for who I am. I'm a God of love. I'm a God of compassion. I'm a God of victory. I'm a God of forgiveness. I'm a God that will take you where you are and I will, rise you, I will raise you up to be the overcomer because I've called you to be an overcomer. God is into fathering you, not in fixing you. Fall in love with God totally. Become fixated with God. Amen. And, and Satan doesn't want us that, to have that relationship with God. He doesn't want us. He wants us to be blind in many areas of our lives. He wants us to walk in condemnation where there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Amen. Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, Satan, who is the God of this world. If you've ever wondered who is the God of this world, it's Satan. Okay. And his plans for you are to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. The only way he can kill, steal, and destroy in your life is to believe a lie about yourself. 
He's just like the Israelites. Even though God took care of Pharaoh and drowned him in the sea, that generation still didn't enter the promised land because they believed a lie about themselves. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Don't see yourself as a grasshopper. See yourself as a child of God, for he who is born of God shall overcome the world. And this is what overcomes the world. It's our faith in what God says about us, not the opinions of others and the opinions and whatever is being said out there in the world. God is greater than your circumstances and your situation. He says, Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are un unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So it was unbelief, unbelief that neutralized Israel in the wilderness because they believed a lie about themselves. Don't allow a defeated devil back into business in your life. Amen. Don't allow that stinking devil back into business in your life. God has made you an overcomer and follow the instructions. Like I said this morning, even if that, that uh, lion charges you because the devil walks around like a, a roaring lion and he's seeking someone that he can devour. Remember what I told you about that lion, even though he charges you, your instructions are stand firm. Because a lion only hunts prey. We are not prey. We are sanctified unto the Lord. And when that lion strikes and he charges you, his charge will turn into a mock charge. Even if his dust comes and envelops you, even if you smell him, even if you have the scent in your nostrils about the charge and you think my marriage is not going to make it, my finances is not going to make it, my business is not going to make it, God says put on the full armor of God and if you've done this, stand firm in your faith. And then when that devil charges, you stare him down, just like you have to stare down the lion. And he will stop because you confuse him. You're not afraid. God has not given us a, given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You are created in the image and likeness of God. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 4 says, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, Praise God. Who's been raised to a new life? Well, let go of the old. Let go of the old way of thinking. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Wow, I love shooting as a hobby. And I don't like missing the mark. You set your sights on what the instructions say about you, about what the Word says about you, about what God declares about you. You choose to agree with God that I'm extravagant in my giving, that I am a blessing to others, that I have the life of God within me to share with others. I'm a lifeblood for God's purpose on this earth. Choose to agree with God where Christ sits in, a place, in the place of honor at, right, at God's right hand. He says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life. <laughs> I've got a real life. So there are things happening all around me that's not real. It's only a mock charge. It's only a mock charge. No evil shall come near my dwelling. God has empowered you to change yourself. 
to transform your life, to change your family, to change your neighborhood, to change your community, to change your city, to change your nation. God's power is within us. Amen. And it goes on, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. So we build our lives on the Word of God, which is our manual, which is our design, which is the blueprint of who, how we should be operating in. Amen. So whenever I look at the Word of God, I look at myself. And don't you tell me that you don't like looking at yourself. When I go to a retail shop and I go and shop for clothing, I like looking at myself in the mirror. Yeah. Come on now. I like looking at myself. Some mirrors don't tell the truth about me. They make me a bit larger than I am. I'm much slimmer as some mirrors will reveal about me. So I go to the mirrors that really talk the truth. So the Word of God really talks the truth about me. He tells me that I'm uniquely and wonderfully made. And I, speak, and I take that truth and I make it part of my life. Because God says when I read the Word, when I walk away from looking at the Word, I should not forget of who I am. I should remember my identity in Christ. And we find in the Scripture... The Word of God on which we built our life on. Now the Word of God says in Romans 12 verse 1 and 2, He says, And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know, listen to this wonderful promise. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Wow. Now for us to be a sacrifice, we need an altar. Amen. So how do we build an altar in our lives? How many of you, when you read the word of God, you know, sometimes scriptures just jump on you like cocky boss. Just go boom. It just sticks to you. And you know, God just spoke to me through the scripture. Well, God did just speak to you through that scripture. Make that scripture your own. Own it. Embrace it. Work it. Confess it. Work it. I, I went through a time in my life and I still do today. You know, uh, before iPads came out, I would literally write out every scripture that jumped on me and I would wear it, carry it everywhere. My pocket and I would wear it in my my, 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 you know, my, my shirt pocket, in my pants pocket, everywhere and where I, I would be at the airport, take out the scripture and confess the scripture over my life because I saw myself in that scripture. And what happens when we embrace the scripture, make it part of our lives, make it part of our identity, make it part of who we are, our lives transform. We start thinking differently. We start acting differently. We start applying the ways of God in our situation. We don't react to situation. We respond to situation and we command God's ways in that situation. And so we start reigning over the affairs of life. And so our life starts to go from glory to glory. You see, but when you look in the old days... How God commanded the people of Israel to build the altar. He said to them in Exodus 
the Old Testament, types and shadow of the new, which was to come. Exodus 20 verse 25, if you use stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. In other words, God says, you don't play around with the stones, I created them. I shaped them in a specific way. So you don't shape them. You take them as they are. Okay? They've got a specific form. They've got a specific way to be placed one on top of the other, one shape into the other. It's going to take more time. It's going to take more effort. But if you place them in this way and you don't compromise with this, you will have a wonderful altar and it will create great breakthrough for you. And then the, the word of God says, do not shape the stones of a tool for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. We see this in Deuteronomy 27 verse 5 to 6. Then built an altar there to the Lord your God using natural uncut stones. You must not shape the stones with an iron tool. Build the altar of uncut stones and use it to offer burnt offerings to the Lord your God. So what God is actually saying in the new today, our lives needs to be put as a holy sacrifice onto the altar of our lives, which is the word of God. In other words, God says, don't chip away at my word to fit your lifestyle. Who wants the power of God? Who wants the breakthrough of God? You cannot do it your way. You have to do it God's way. Amen. You, you, you know, if you start something with strife, you need to feed it with strife to keep it alive. If you start something with commanding the blessing, speaking life over it, and my brother, my sister, then the angels take over and then they make it work for you because God is for you. He's not against you. Amen. So we need to take the word of God and then as that word penetrates our hearts and we own it, we work it, we apply it, we start creating an altar for our lives. And then we lay our lives on top of this altar. That's why some people have got five stones and the altar is there. Their glory is there. And then other people's got about 20 stones. The altar is this high and their glory is there. And so others are applying this much. The altar is here. Their glory is here. God grows us from glory to glory to glory. Amen. And we become a sweet-smelling sacrifice to the Lord. Who wants to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice to the Lord? Amen. Praise God. We need to understand that every promise has a principle. Amen. You know, we just can't claim it and frame it. <laughs> we have to take the word and say, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to work this thing the way God wants me to work it. Amen. Like I said this morning, we cannot trust God and blame people at the same time. <laughs> we have to trust God for our breakthrough. God's got His way. Jesus said, I'm the way. Not you. The way, the truth, and the life. So there's only one truth, and the truth is the word. There may be many facts in our lives, but the truth overrides the fact. Okay, so I'm going to skip this scripture. So if there's anything in your life that's not right, if you're playing with sin, repent. It destroys. It allows demonic forces to come into your sphere of life and it will bring destruction. If you haven't heard my mor this morning's testimony, what I shared, you need to get the tape. And those people that were here saying, Amen. So in other words, 
There needs to be repentance from sin in our lives so that the purpose of God can take place in our lives. Sin will rob us from our allotted portion or form we have in Christ. We cannot become more than what we already are in Christ. We can only grow more complete. We simply grow, we, we, can, we, we do not grow more complete. We simply grow in the knowledge and awareness of our completeness. Jesus said, it is done. It's finished, man. So I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus has already done everything for me. So I want to know everything that's in this word for me. So if something jumps out at me and, it's, and I see God is wanting to show me something, I'm going to dig deep. <laughs> I'm going to find out everything what God is trying to reveal to me. Amen. And if God says, I'm an overcomer, I'm an overcomer. Now, stones and rocks on, the, on this earth, all the information data of creation. If you want to see an uh, archaeologist excited, give him a rock. <laughs> Why? Because he knows if he breaks open this rock, he's going to find fossils. He's going to find moments in time that declares creation. That excites him. Jesus said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will praise me. Jesus said, I am the cornerstone. I am the rock. He says, and you all, the word of God says, we all are precious stones. And he uses us to build his temple on the face of this earth. We are the institution of Christ on this earth. And with each and every one of our revelations, we come together and we honor God. We worship God. We declare his glory. And when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, 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 the religious people of the day, when Jesus walked into Jerusalem, he said, hey, tell the people they can't praise you like this. Jesus said, if they don't praise me, the rocks will praise me. They know where they come from they've seen every bit of creation taking place and if you break open that rock it declares creation it's just like a hardware drive of a computer it tells everything about you it's got all the data about you where you've been surfing on what you've been doing and all the information you've put in that computer is within that hardware it's the same with a rock it's got all the it tells everything about creation We built our lives on the rock, Jesus Christ. A stone just doesn't reveal its data and its secrets like this. I mean, I've seen, I'm very much involved in the agricultural sector. And the other day, a few months ago, we've been at uh, uh, Livingston, Victoria Falls. Beginning of the year, the falls were running very, um, very strongly and the water was gushing over the cliff. And it was amazing to see the power of this water. And you could see on the edge of the cliff, little trees this high, you know, withstanding this massive force of water coming down this, this river, this Ambisi River. The Victoria Falls is about 1.7 kilometers wide. It's an amazing wonder, one of the seven wonders on the earth. And so a few weeks ago we were there probably eight, nine weeks ago, let's say two and a half months ago, we were there. And most of the waterfall has dried up because of a severe drought. It's the worst drought in 63 years in Zambia at this stage. 
And so those same trees were now totally exposed. Their root system were totally exposed. They were this high, but their roots were about 15 to 20 meters deep. And I could see their roots going down into the rocks and some boulders that was huge boulders. That root put so much pressure on the rock that it split open. And that root went right into that rock. Why? Because it needed to be settled. It needed to be strong. It needed to be engraved in that rock. It needed the minerals and the nutrients within the rock. My brother, my sister, we are so concerned about the outward appearance. What about the inward appearance? Because our real life, our real life is not around us. It's within us. That's our real life. Tonight, you're going home with yourself. Did you realize that? You're going home with yourself. Your real life is within you. And when we take care of the roots, when we confront ourselves, because you see, we don't want to offend anyone today. We don't even want to offend ourselves by being truthful to ourselves. We don't grow without truth. <laughs> we don't grow without confront, uh, confrontation. Amen. So if we want to grow deep within Christ, which is the rock, we need to be planted on the rock. We need to build on the rock. And we need to put pressure on the rock so that we can retrieve all the revelation that is within the rock and become the rock and stand firm on the rock and then allow God to take care of the fruit and allow God to take care of the branches and allow God to take care of the nice leaves. Don't be concerned about outward appearance. Be concerned about the roots. And I want to tell you, even if the devil has come against your house and he's brought destruction, the word of God says, even though a stump has been cut down to the root at the scent of water, he will bud again and he will bring life again and he will sprout out and he will become a strong tree again. Don't you allow the circumstances of the day to take you down. You are greater than any onslaught of Satan on your life. We see David, a young man, playing the harp or whatever in the, in the fields, in the countryside, worshiping God, a shepherd boy. I love that song, Worship is Connection. <laughs> you see, when you are connected to God, man, doesn't matter the circumstances. I got inside information. My circumstances can look like they're going to destroy me. I've got inside information. And David, who is actually overlooked by his father, he takes out all his sons and he shows them to Samuel. He forgets about, Jesse forgets about his son. I want to tell you, that's a deep wound to be, over, to be overlooked by your father. It's a father wound. Because a father validates, validates, a father affirms. That's the role of a father. But he was overlooked. Eventually, David came and Samuel anointed him as king, but he went back to the field and went and played the harp because, you see, he had connection with the Lord. He didn't care much about this, this whole ceremony thing. Him being anointed as king, it's okay. He was okay between the sheep. 
He wanted the sheep to be protected. He wanted the sheep to have good pastures. He wanted to be with God. I want to tell you, my brother, my sister, we need to smell more like sheep. We need to smell more like our brothers and sisters and love upon them and help them through the situations in life. I mean, life is tough enough. And so, David hears about this Goliath guy that is taunting the soldiers, the people of Israel, saying, hey, who wants to fight me? Choose the best guy you've got to fight me. And David was a delivery boy. He came to bring <laughs> food to his brothers. And his brothers would say, what does it? And he asked, out, he asked about this Goliath guy. Who's this guy? Challenging the, the people of Israel, which has been sanctified by God. We are God's possession. How can he? Challenge us this way. What are you doing here? Go home. Go to the sheep. Go and look after the sheep. They said to him. And then he said, no, no, no. I want to fight this guy. And so he went to Saul. And Saul said, no, you cannot fight him. He's too big for you. He's too great for you. He's too smart for you. He's too powerful for you. And David said, no, I know I can fight him. God has already delivered him into my hands. And so Saul says, all right. Put on my armor. I want to tell you, don't put someone on others, someone else's armor on you. Don't dress yourself with someone else's opinions. Don't put anything on you that's not from God. You put on God's full armor and you fight the battles with God's strength and God's power. And so, so, uh, so David goes to the river and he picks out five stones. Why did he choose a stone? Because of the revelation of creation within that stone. He didn't choose a sword. He didn't choose a javelin. He didn't choose a spear. He chose a stone because a stone declares the wonders of creation. God is God. And that Goliath stood in front of him. And he taunted David and David said, I don't come to you with a javelin. I don't come to you with a sword. I don't come to you with a spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he, sh and he shot that, that stone. The revelation he had about God right into between the eyes of Goliath. And that man came down, boom. And he took the sword and he cut his head off. I want to tell you today, I come against every high thought that comes against the knowledge of Christ in your life. And I command it to bow the knee. I command every lie of Satan to bow the knee against you. God has created you for amazing things. You are an extraordinary person. You are a child of God. And people are saying, what does the word Goliath mean? You're all going to say, well, Goliath means, it means Giant, it doesn't mean giant. Now I'm shocking you, even the Bible school students. Goliath doesn't mean giant. You can go and look in the Hebrew. Goliath in the Hebrew is Goliath. And Goliath means to uncover. It means, it means to reveal. It means to bring you out of exile. That's what a Goliath means. So if there's a Goliath in your life, God is saying, I'm calling you to come out of exile. I want to reveal your call. I want to uncover your call. I want to uncover Christ within you. You speak life 
over your situation. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Every situation needs to bow the knee. Isn't Jesus awesome? Jesus is awesome. See, I want to tell you, my brother, my sister, we need to kick our heels in. Dig them in. And say, come on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give one inch of my territory. Instead, I'm going to take the territory. I don't care what people say about this nation. I don't care what the people say about this situation. I say what God says. And I choose to agree with God. You see, we are so in it for ourselves. We cannot be in it for ourselves. We need to be in it for the kingdom of God. Because, you know, mature Christians understand that self-promotion is evil and God-promotion is powerful. Mature Christians understand that they need to embrace the purpose and their purpose in God and resist their preference for themselves. And mature Christians also understand we go through seasons where our, where our joy is low and then our entitlement wants to increase. And then you are tempted to slander. Don't give in to slander. When you talk about someone else, I don't care how much you think you are entitled to. You are talking against the creation of God. And we cannot promote ourselves by pushing someone else down. You may even sound spiritual if you do, but you're not. I want to tell this morning, uh, this, uh, this evening to you, don't shrink your spirit to the size of your situation. You never allow your spirit to shrink to the size of your situation. You need to honor your spiritual parents. Honor them. Pray for them. Lift their hands up. Amen. We cannot blame others, like I said this morning, and trust God at the same time. Even if we've, got, we've been betrayed. Well, you know what? They betrayed me like they betrayed Jesus. But I still, God is my reward. And I know that God's intention is greater than any human motive against me. And I will never fear my enemies. Validation comes after obedience in life. If there's something we need in life, is the validation of God. And when He validates us, no one can stop us. God calls people into our lives not to make us comfortable, but to make us effective. There is no stability in life without integrity. Don't expect abundance in your life if you don't execute good stewardship. Every promise has a principle. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.